Even though you've been raised as a human being, you are not one of them. Welcome everybody to Pop Culture. I am Scott. I'm Jason. And I'm Monica. Superheroes. Mm. What does that even mean? I thought I knew what it meant and then Jason decided to play scrambled eggs with my brain. <laughs> and, <laughs> and here we are not knowing where I want to go in my life. <laughs> so we thought we would tackle superhero films as a concept which we are drowning in at the moment and have been since I think 2008. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's when the first Iron Man, Iron Man came out. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's the Marvel impact, if you want. Which has yeah. been like three mm. films a year for the last 12 years. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, the superhero films have been around a lot longer than that. Oh, just oh not yeah, absolutely. saturation point, but um, mm. yeah. I, I, was it Iron Man that started that? Or I would argue maybe the Batman franchise, the new one sort of, I guess. Um, I think it kicked off the mature, like, yes. or I, I would actually go back, I'd say X-Men. Yeah, actually, actually yeah. true, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, a good that's point. like 2000. Yeah, 2000. X-Men. Yeah. 2000 and to 2004, roughly. Yeah, because then we get 2002, we get Spider-Man. That's right. Yep. Which is huge. Mm. 2005, we get Batman Begins. And then, the, you know, the, the train's left the station now. Yep. Yeah. And everyone's, everyone's counting the cash in their wallets. Mm. So, yeah, X-Men is probably where the really adult attempt. And I think because it probably could have been earlier had, you know, Batman and Robin not completely <laughs> <laughs> sunk the ship. <laughs> yeah, I'd even certainly ha- shit the bed. Like, oh, yes. <laughs> oh, I'd suggest even Superman in the seventies. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, honest, it sort of started uh, its own if thing. You're talking a bit more of a, an adult entertainment at the same time as just a kids show. It's, yeah, mm. that was a big leap from the Batman oh, television you, show of the sixties. <laughs> Now, 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 now. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I just mean in terms I know, of your I know, Nintendo I know what audience. You mean, yeah. it's, uh, like, it, I'm not. It's a much it. more mature take on, considering yeah. the '60s show is very yes 
Yeah. It's either for children or stoners, and I can't yeah. decide which. Some days you just can't get rid of a bum. <laughs> yeah. And then That's through to, idea. like, you, you, you will believe a man can fly. Mm. And, yeah, definitely Superman kind of... The first film's amazing. Yes. And yes. It, it prior to that, it had really been comic books, uh, cartoons. Uh, cartoons. Well, you had George, like the George Reeves Superman show Ancient in... What, when was that, shows. like the 40s, maybe? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Which was very... I mean, it ran for like five years or something, which was very mm. popular. Yeah. Um, mm. And then, yeah, definitely Batman kind of really took the reins in the 60s. Mm. Mm. And then, of course, when we're looking at superheroes, because I struggle with superheroes, and the reason I struggle with them as characters is they're, they're pretty much cardboard in terms of uh, characterizations and things because they're, they're beyond human. And straight away, that makes it a little hard. I to think. I think you empathise with. Well, them. you come from a point too where you kind of go for those early ones. You go for like you go for Superman, you go for Shazam, and they're kind of infallible mm. as mm. well. Yes. Superman, especially, is kind of the, the the best Superman comics are the ones that try to do something completely different because he it would be really hard to write. I think. Like I think the best Superman comic is Red Sun, where it's like a total reimagining where what happens if Superman landed in Soviet Russia rather than yeah, right. <laughs> America, and it makes this really interesting story. I would story. Love to see Soviet Superman. It's amazing. He's got the hammer and sickle on his chest instead oh of the God. S, <laughs> <laughs> and it's this amazing, like, really different look at. And I think they've like even in the current films, the the sort of you know Justice League stuff that Warner mm. Brothers is trying to do they've really leaned heavily on this idea of like, what happens if Superman becomes a bad guy? Mm. Yeah. And like the alternate realities where, Super, you know, Lois died and Superman became a, <laughs> a tyrant. And like, like these ideas that have been established in comic books, because that's where Superman becomes really interesting. <laughs> but prior to that, he's just kind of like peanut butter and apple yeah. pie and like he's just infallible. Yeah, and that doesn't make for compelling storytelling. No, you don't. Right. How do you relate to that? That's right. And, um, I... The weird part of this is, though, even though I say superhero films are, are, I struggle to go and get excited about, mm. when I saw Superman at the movies, that was just one of the most amazing experiences. When was that? 77, I think. Or was no, the same 70, Star Wars? Is it, or no, is it later? Is it 78? Or was it before? I can't remember. No, I think it's after Star Wars. It was definitely after Star Wars. It was... No, we're not Superman 2. <laughs> 78. Yeah, so 78. Um, I remember going to that and I remember enjoying it, but I also remember as a kid, and my mum always reminds me, we, used to, we were whinging right through the whole film, where's Superman? Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't see up him for a good... like holds a hand and flies around. <laughs> he, he doesn't show up for a good chunk of the film, but then when you watch it back, it just sort of... it. it was so well made and um, oh, Richard Donner, <laughs> like yeah. he knows what he's doing. Yeah, it, it's sort of sad how that all evolved into Superman two and so on. But I did enjoy it as a kid, and I think I, I struggled with that sort of kid view of a superhero, and then an adult watching it. And this is why I always have these problems watching them. So you know, I, I glaze over with some superhero yeah. films. Like uh, the latest thing was uh, what is it? <laughs> I can't even remember the name. Winter Soldier. You is loved it. it. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh. I started watching that and straight away it was all like, <laughs> I'd rather go to sleep. At <laughs> 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 it's, but WandaVision, 
was well, this is totally entranced. See, so, I was I mentioned we did a, a WandaVision episode a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I and I mentioned that I was really excited for Falcon and Winter Soldier. I've watched mm. three episodes and I haven't gone back to it. Oh, really? So, mm. like, I as much as I love those characters and I love the kind of um, espionage, Manchurian candidate world of superheroes, mm. it's like. It was one division. I was like week to week, like what's going to happen in this yeah. freaking weird show? It's it's that kind of. Some of it isn't as good as others. Yeah, and so maybe that's it. You know, a superhero film needs to be more than just the hero. It, yes, it's, there's got to be some other underlying thing. And I was looking back as to where the history of them came from because I was going, well, how did they develop? Where does it start? And you look at the 30s as the obvious comic book period of it, where late 30s coming mm. out of World War, but. Uh, it referred to things before that, like Robin Hood and Hercules, mm-hmm. and these historic heroes that are there in uh, legend, if you want. And uh, <coughs> yeah, it's 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 um, and I think the the comic book thing is just kind of an an attempt at uh, like a modern mythology. Yes, yes, uh, you know, and, and to the point of like literally, Zeus is a character in Marvel and and mm. I'm pretty sure in DC as well have Zeus and yeah like Wonder Woman is just peppered with Greek mythology and that's all that sort of it's a, it's a Greek mythological tale or it is now anyway it's funny how it um from a historical point of view with um heroes in that sense um they're awful people um <laughs> so no they, they are they, well, they're yeah, Hercules's tale isn't like nice in the slightest. None of them are. There's very few heroes that actually get away with the happy ending. So it's just kind of funny to see how that sort of um, is tipped on its own head where you have infallible superheroes like Superman who are so much the opposite of your Heracles and your Perseuses and your Jason and the Argonauts and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Because isn't um, like Odysseus like the only kind of like... No, he's a dick. He's a dick too? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> We're going on an odyssey. What's that? It's a journey where only the lead character survives. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. My wife. <laughs> she's back sewing some loom. <laughs> um, yeah, well, but yeah, it's, it, I guess it's maybe it's like how maybe shit the, the cultural zeitgeist was at the time coming out of a world war and or in the middle of it well, yeah going into a, a second one to be yeah. like maybe we need this kind of idealized look how good they we could be that people mm. need an, an an idea that's hopeful to cling to mm. um to so maybe harken back to the good old days when there were no wars or maybe and then they you look at the, and yeah. you, you look at the way that they'd started to present greek yeah. Heroes and things like you watch any Hercules movie from like ever, and he's just like, he's a good guy, good guy, <laughs> he's a cool dude. <laughs> Doesn't murder his wife and kids. Don't worry about that. <laughs> no, not at all. You know, go watch Hercules. Go in high school in the Disney animation yeah. TV series. Yeah. You know, he gets he foils Hades every week. It's great. <laughs> it's sort of um, yeah, like the, there's a disconnect from mm. uh, those tales as well to kind of be this look how good people are and look how, you know, maybe it's just a, a distraction technique from the woes of reality or... Yeah, I'd, I'd have to go with that mm. because <laughs> it it just doesn't have the depth when it's sitting just at that level. And um, yeah. I, I look at things like Robin Hood, which has this really basic concept of, you know, steal from the rich, give to the poor ideal, mm-hmm. but that's pretty much as... All there is. To he's kind of and Robin Hood's kind of yeah, but he's very basic. But you go yeah. and look at something like even the Arthurian legends, and he's like, there's not pleasant stories either. No, and they're not. Like it's like mm. still these really flawed, <laughs> and they kind of move away from that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So 
I think that's what I meant by that sort of cardboardish feel to it, and that that's what I've always struggled with when I watch superhero films, which are just basically that. Yeah, you know, uh, and as he said, they're infallible. They. It's funny how it's sort of trying to go back downhill in a sense because you're starting to see superhero movies that are a lot more dark in tone. You have complicated villains and complicated motives that are happening. And um, some of the better movies, as we'll get to eventually, yes, yeah, that's exactly for right. us probably have those more grey areas. Mm. And I think there's this huge push at the moment to really, especially now in this kind of, and I don't know whether it's people are becoming cynical to the, because we're living in like a saturated market mm. where you're now getting much weirder. <laughs> Like I can think of at least like two TV shows off the top of my head that have just gone to air recently that really mess with the idea of heroes and superheroes. Mm. Oh, Things yes, like yeah. The Boys yeah. oh, yes. and Invincible that's just started on Amazon are mm-hmm. really warped. Okay. But you get kind of really warped comic book writers and they're both written by the same dude. I think they're both Garth Ennis comics, which is he's a really kind of kooky dude and his comics are really out there and he doesn't present cookie-cutter heroes and villains. They're all like warped and you know you get villains who are using kind of business practices and things like that to kind of further their image and heroes who are happy to murder people to get (laughs) what they want i guess that sort of film you sort of start seeing that pop up in um watchmen a little bit alan moore definitely started in that kind of 80s kind of and in the 80s too batman became a lot darker like the original batman he like bob kane who created Mm. batman he was always drawn with like a big Smile, like yeah. super happy to be fighting crime. <laughs> oh boy, here I go fighting crime again. And then, and, then, and like Robin is kind of telling of that, like mm. you know, hey boy, wonder, like yeah. through to yeah. And then you get to like eighties Batman, where you end up in that kind of Batman Returns yes. place, where yeah. it's like, what is this? Mm. But he's still kind of infallible. Yeah, he always yeah. does yes. the right he's, thing, he's doing and the right thing. Doesn't compromise his honor or Catwoman's honor and this sort of stuff. Yeah. And it's always that case where the villains seem the more interesting character. Yeah, yeah. Mm. but then you go to something like Watchmen, where it's like, ah, oh, heroes can be rapists, and that's mm. really creepy. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. some heroes can only get it up when they're wearing their costumes. <laughs> like, that's kind of that's kind of dark. Yeah. Mm. So I guess, and then you go, yeah. I mean, there are interesting parts of it. But yeah, th- so even things like that, even though it's gone dark and they're not pure as such, it still doesn't have that fallibility of a human who, you know, a real person has to has strengths and weaknesses in areas that you can see in a bit more detail. Mm. And it, the villains of the films are always the ones that seem to show both. Yeah. Yes. And it, that's that's why I've gone in always going. I'm not sure, and I'm. I'm enjoying them now, a lot of them. Yep. The, the, there's been a big shift in the way that they're made. The, the films in general they're, are getting better as well. They're, they're getting better, but the writing is taking more levels to it than they used to be. It used to be very simple. Good guy, bad guy. Yep. Bad guy wants to take over the it world. It's just like a really basic action film similar to, you know, like an Arnold Schwarzenegger commando type film. Yep. And yeah. that, that's sort of how I saw them and I was there going, uh, yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it, been it has developed over the time, and it, it, I'm interested as to why. Well, why do we ha- need that superhero, and why is it so big now? And I don't think it's a marketing thing. I think it's because people are going to see them, and that mm. they're reciprocating that by going, "Okay, people really enjoy this. We're going to keep making more and more as much as we can." Um, uh, cinema does go through these 
yeah, cycles, cycles of you know the, the western the was western. big, the war film was big, the action film was big, and mm. you know sci-fi was big, and we, we know that through decades. So what is it about superhero films at the moment that's really making people flock to them? Um, it's interesting too because like we didn't have the big fantasy boom that I think Lord of the Rings promised, and we just kind of shuffled into the superhero, and maybe maybe superheroes are a fantasy. I think after a fashion, yeah, I would mm. agree. And uh, some of the other fantasy films that sort of followed in the Lord of the Rings path just didn't build on that. You, yeah. They sort of flopped. They're never, never going to. <laughs> no, they were never going to. You had your line, The Witch in the Wardrobe, which was, a, you know, um, politely a bit of a rip-off. Yeah. Um, and there were a few other attempts here and there, but it just didn't really work Land, out. Yeah. yeah, didn't stick the landing. Yeah, I mean, all the whole Narnia thing, it, it, that wasn't too bad. I mean, it, it's still based on books that existed. And yes. it, it and I guess, I guess this is in a way to, as well, like these, if you're treating comic books as literature, they, they've, they've come back around, you know what I mean? This mm, kind yeah. of, and, you know, maybe Marvel just kind of hit what people wanted, the kind of shared universe and bigger stories. And I mean, so, I, and, and it worked too, I think, because you catapult with Iron Man who was always an underrated character. Like, he wasn't the most popular character, but he was a very interesting character. Yeah. And when you get, like, Downey Jr.'s performance is very good in that film, and and it just sort of worked. Yeah, for me, mm. Iron Man was this shift for me watching them. It's uh, a lot to do with the fact that it was dealing with things that, were happening at the time. Sort of the war, like post the war on terror. Well, yeah, it was the war on terror, but then mixing in the fact that the weapons are being sold to these people. And so the the multiple layers that are going on and then the hero's complicitness in the whole process, which then made him realise, gave it far more reason for it to happen. Mm. Yeah. Which 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 I think was is is as far as Marvel comics go has always been their strength because that was always a proponent of Tony Stark's character. And I think that's the strength Stan Lee had as a writer. It was just sort of the Vietnam War because that's what was happening at the time. Mm. Yeah. It wasn't the war on terror. Yeah. But the same it's exactly the same circumstance happens. He gets hit by one of his own bombs and realizes that he can't be an arms manufacturer anymore. He's got to become a hero and yeah. blah 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 mm. blah blah. And Marvel's always had that stuff and I think it was it, they've managed to kind of contemporize it in a really nice way. That's worked. And I guess that's, uh, now that I'm saying this, yeah. it, it's these allegories brought out about them that where the strength comes from if they can tap into it. If. Yeah, <laughs> and I say if. if. Yeah. Um, which makes Superman a bit problematic. Um, and he ultimately always yeah. has mm. been. Yeah. Yeah. The first so. Superman film works because it's almost this like dreamlike fantasy. It's Yeah, but it's yeah. also the fish out of water. Yeah, well, Re- 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 Reeves is kind yeah, of... Yeah, he's, he's sort of always in the wrong place, you know. He's, yeah. he's the orange amongst the apples and it, it works there. His awkwardness. Sort of awkward mix and him trying to be who he is, humanity not being what it is yeah. and it just makes it work in that sense. Um, but, yeah, it, it's a problematic concept there straight mm. away because it yeah. doesn't have the same depth that you'd get out of some of the other heroes. And I guess... I've always found, and we use the <coughs> Winter Soldier television series as an example. I was just there watching them going, okay, I'm watching action sequences, don't care. Yep. And I think that's the example of where there is no 
There's no, no deeper meaning to no, it. There's like no Falcon. Point being Falcon made. was kind of um, in that first sort of. I think he's like the second African American superhero in sense. I think Black Panther's the first. I could mm-hmm. be wrong. I'm pretty sure Black Panther's still the first frontline African American superhero, and then Falcon was there, but then he kind of always gets relegated to Captain America sidekick. Mm. And then you've taken, but there's no sort of deeper. Yeah, thing to it. And they go out of their way. Have you watched it yet? Or? I have not, no. Okay, they go out of their way in the first episode to be like, he's struggling to pay his bills. And like, that's as deep as it gets. Yeah. Like, oh. like avenging doesn't actually... <laughs> there's a lot of goodwill. It's like one of the lines. That would be an interesting <laughs> aspect to explore. It's interesting, yeah. but, it, but it's sort of like... Then it's, it's just like in the first 30 minutes and then it's just straight on to... I think that's a more of a Marvel problem as well. They... Um, introduce these sorts of things and then they'll say, oh, we'll fix it later. Yeah. And then they don't come back to it. Mm. And Winter Soldier's just kind of like his own head case problems are his problems. That's yeah. kind of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I guess that's me analysing myself here a bit. Why I struggle with a lot of them. And um, I sort but, of but, get but, the but, point. But WandaVision, like it's what oh. it was dealing with was yeah. – Fascinating. Like we've never seen superhero a superhero thing really tackle grief. Grief, yeah. Mm. Like that like that that heroes mourn and things like that. That's right. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. Absolutely. And you think of the better films too, like um what Iron Man Two isn't really talking about anything. Mm. No. And doesn't really work on any level. It's sort of just a stepping stone to set up the next Avengers yeah. movie, really. Yeah. yeah. And you I think of the ones that don't work. <laughs> there, Actually, you there you go. I can't remember Iron Man 2. I can remember Iron Man. I can remember that very clearly. But 2, I can't remember at Mickey all. Rourke shows up, mumbles a bunch of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Rockwell. Vaguely, Sam yeah. Rockwell does his best <laughs> to, to dance his way through the movie. They've un- they underutilise their Sam Rockwell. That's their first mistake. Yeah, he's really good <laughs> in that movie. He is. Yeah. And it's really strange too. There's like this odd Coen Brothers-esque dialogue over dialogue throughout the whole movie that yeah. I don't understand yeah, why they did that. that? <laughs> It's all Woody Allen sort of style, I guess, as well. That happens as <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Woody Allen, but um, yeah. So I guess that's that's a good example of where it's gone wrong. And yeah, yeah. And, and, and they and they could have like because they they've taken Demon in a Bottle, which is one of the absolute best Iron Man comics ever, and tried to turn that into Iron Man Two, and just missed the point. Mm. Like it's mm. where Tony Stark becomes an alcoholic, right. like dealing with his. The, the problems of like, oh, what have I done militarizing the world and things, and then he just becomes a full blown alcoholic. And but it just, it, but it doesn't really deal with that. It's just like, oh, he's dying for some reason. And mm. <laughs> yeah, remember, he's got like something wrong with his the thing that he's put yeah, in his chest. Yeah, is yeah. Going out, yeah. yeah. So again, I'm really vague on it. I'm yeah. vague <laughs> going, what was in it? <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm trying to think of another really good example. From the Marvel stuff, because they get very just fluffy after a while. I think, they, like, they as much as I think Black Panther is culturally significant for, um, like the African American movie, and I get that that's awesome. Like, I had Spider Man growing up, I got my Spider Man movie, mm. I had my, my, you know, growing up as a white nerd, I got it. They've now got their moment, and that's awesome. But as a film, I'm just like, oh, gosh, it's just another generic origin story. <laughs> It is, and um, I guess the same could be said for um, trying to get women invested in these sorts of things as well with Captain Marvel. Like, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed it for what it was, and, you know, I was just like, oh, is this what it feels like for guys at the end of the movie? You feel yeah. amazing. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> finally! <laughs> finally! Yes, kick his ass. Um, but, yeah, after I thought about it a little bit more deeply, I was just like, it, structurally it was a little bit 
eh. Clunky. <laughs> it was very clunky. Um, the most memorable performance for me was from um, Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, he was oh, great. He was wonderful. Um, I'm always there for Ben Mendelsohn. I think he's just fabulous. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just I just didn't connect yeah. with Carol Danvers very much. But she kind of has a Superman quality about her. Yeah. Very much so, yeah. She's just... What did you think of Wonder Woman? I actually really liked it. I um, thought it did a better job. I really enjoyed it. Um, it was... To me, Wonder Woman was a little bit of a fish out of a water story, um, mm. much in the same way um, the first Thor film too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was something endearing about Wonder Woman. She's just so optimistic. I think it's her. <laughs> like Gal Gadot is so good. Yeah, yeah she actually no, she did think, a good job. Um, yeah. There's something about it. She's just got this innocence about her, but underneath. I think that's it. It's un- naivety. Un- there's an innocence yeah. there. That there's an innocence, and underneath there is a fierce it, warrior. Yeah. But it's like, well, like, we'll just fix it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I did kind of appreciate sort of having Chris Pine as the damsel in distress. <laughs> it, was, it was funny. <laughs> it, was, it was really good, and hmm. I, I really enjoyed that movie. I thought the end was a little bit sort of like, oh, here, come, here comes generic villain number 601. Yeah. Um, but a waste of David Thewlis. Oh, very much so. <laughs> But um, on the whole, I enjoyed Wonder Woman a lot more than Captain Marvel. I just yeah. r- had a much more emotional connection to the character. Yeah. I can't quite explain why. And I think it's, even though Wonder Woman's almost like the unstoppable Superman kind of force too, it f- she felt, well, she, she it just felt more one, vulnerable, she, like you cared she, more. There's cared. a vulnerability and yeah. she cared. And um, yeah. there was a moment where she felt that she couldn't do this, um, that she couldn't win or that she was going to lose and there was it, um, feeling overwhelmed by what was happening. You know, yeah. you don't see that a lot in so many superhero movies. You sort of see it for a little bit but then they sort of bounce back with their mentor sort of comes in. <laughs> yeah, and they're unstoppable again. Or they're un- and then they become unstoppable and then they just go ahead and deal with it. They don't actually stop to deal with what they're thinking. And I yeah. think Wonder Woman does attempt to do that a little bit better. You know, she sort of slowly crawls towards, you know, winning at the very end. Yeah. I also think things like Wonder Woman have a bit more of a mythos around it because you've got all that background mm. that is otherworldly. Oh, the, the really sort of well drawing up. from that kind of Amazonian. Yeah, and it, yeah. it just sort of it helps substantiate their her innocence, I should say, to what was actually going on and the way humans were. To them, it sort of works. Um, I'm not sure why Wonder Woman works so well. Uh, like I can't pin it down as mm. I just as a film or the character in general. The, you mean? Well, the film and the character in this case, because yep. the television show is just. <laughs> <laughs> I feel when the film came out, it was um, very optimistic. Mm. Um, and all the other superheroes I'd seen had been a bit more dark in tone. Um, from the had, DC stuff especially. Yeah, from especially from DC, you expect that sort of doom and gloom kind of feel for them, but this one was, you know, brightly brightly coloured and upbeat music, and mm. you have this really kind, warm character that you can relate to. And next to that as well, you also have Marvel going into their phase two, which was a little bit more dark and, you know... Broody. Yeah, going towards like Age of Ultron kind of stuff. Yeah, that's exactly right. So it was refreshing to see something a bit more, um, I guess, something new, really. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think uh, Captain Marvel reaches a point where she just becomes like this sort of cocky, like 
Yeah, she's a bit, yeah. Cocking eyebrows and punching people in the face like you can't stop me <laughs> kind she's, of thing. Yeah. She kind of reminds me of, um, and no disrespect to Brie Larson because I do like her, it was like a, a less charismatic version of Buffy Summers. <laughs> <laughs> kind of the Joss Whedon <laughs> you know, uh, heroine yeah, thing. I was just like, I'm just waiting for Captain Marvel to start punning now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like steak dude lore and make a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Yeah, there's something about it. Like I, I, I liked it, and obviously a lot of people did. Oh yes, <laughs> but it didn't. It didn't hit me the way kind of I imagine. The way I think I can imagine Black Panther making people feel. I don't see Captain Marvel necessarily having that impact for women. Like it, d- no. it just didn't feel. It felt too still stuck in that Marvel box. They're two. They're two very different stories. Mm. Um, I feel that um, Captain Marvel is this strange coming of age kind of retrieving my lost memories <laughs> movie thing. Um, whereas Black Panther had a wider dialogue about um, cultural yeah, isolation culture and, and, you know, trying to open themselves up to the world. And then you have a really compelling villain. He was interesting. To yeah, he in was really interesting. And you can sort of see where he's coming from. Yeah, you get it. And, what, <laughs> and why he's doing what he's doing. And you agree with him. To, to an extent, which is always the most interesting villains of the yeah, villains that's right. where you kind of like, mm-hmm. which is a which is a problem that Marvel has. They they got a villain problem. They have a villain problem. <laughs> they really do. What was Mickey Rock's endgame? He just wanted, he wanted his bird. He wanted his bird. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember the cockatoo part no, of Iron no, Man? No, no. <laughs> Clearly, you're looking at us <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Out. I just did not absorb that film well enough. <laughs> you're not missing out on much. No, I think even Favreau was felt disappointed. Yeah, right. Um. Yeah, I, I still can't work out what makes Wonder Woman fit that. What I was talking about, the allegory mm. sort of thing. I don't know where it fits into that. It's it's a really it's unusual a, one amongst. Is this is an me. element of morality tale in like yes. I guess a purest view of the world, and then the world not matching up to what your expectation of it would be. I guess it's also against the backdrop of um World War One, World War One as well. So you sort of see humanity. At its um, worst. At its worst, yeah. Mm. And you've got trench warfare, you've got, um, you know... Industrialised warfare. Industrialised warfare. You know, you have machine guns, you have chemical weapons. Um, yeah, which it, it deals with. Which it does, yeah. you know, deal with. And um, then you just see this, you know, woman all in, caught up in the middle of this thinking, oh, you know, people outside of my home aren't so bad. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> And, and maybe that's where... Did you see the second one? I haven't yet, no. Okay. But I would like where to see it. it. really, like, misses. Oh, does it? <laughs> it's not very good. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> She's great. The rest of it's like, what the hell's going on? No, Even that's... Pedro Pascal, because I quite like him. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's really odd. It's, it's so strange. It, it's, it's bloated to the point where it's really two films at once, but oh, okay. yeah. it doesn't quite... And, and, the, and the, there's not really a villain per se. Oh, okay. Uh, he's the villain, really. Sort of. Yeah. It, it, it's odd. It's odd because we've talked about it, and Jason, I think, said it best, where it's like it's like a Wonder Woman's already this kind of mythological thing. Yes. But then the the kind of plot of the movie is based around wishes. Yes. Right. So then you're having like a fairy tale on top of fairy tale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. And it gets a bit like mm. okay. So there's, there's no there's no way out. Sounds like a bit of a disconnect then. Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately. Yeah. Which oh. is yeah. I was really excited for it, and it didn't quite. Yeah. Oh, didn't live up to it because the first one's so good. Mm. So, in we've talked about sort of the allegory 
mm-hmm. reason we watch them and probably what people get out of superhero films, but what makes a good superhero? What actually uh, makes one stand out and be... Why do they keep remaking Batman films, for instance? Or I th- why do they keep making Spider-Man films? Well, Spider-Man's my go-to because he's my favourite well, and has been that? since I was a kid. And, I th- mm. and for Spider-Man, it was always... And he's probably the best example of any of them is that Peter Parker really has some serious problems. He does, bless him. <laughs> he, he, he can't pay his bills. <laughs> he his love life's a mess. He's, he's always just worried about someone killing his aunt. Like, mm. <laughs> he's dealing with this like no parents thing to begin with, which thankfully doesn't have to really be explained. It's just like he's an orphan and he lives with his aunt and uncle. Cool. Mm. And then the death of Uncle Ben is this really nice tool to instill this great power and great responsibility because he is responsible for his uncle's death, which yeah. is yeah. nice. It's not like Batman where they just walked out of the alley at the wrong time. It's like yes. he had the opportunity to be a hero and failed that ideal, and which resulted in him being affected directly, mm. which mm. is really clever. And that's why I think he's the best example of that kind of completely fallible hero like the amount of times peter parker stuffs up yeah <laughs> versus success <laughs> like it's 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 what makes him so interesting he doesn't know how to deal with every problem he's a teenager <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah. Fair enough. You know. like how good were you at doing anything when you were a teenager <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah it, it's also i guess he's cocky character too well it's that it's that he, the alter yeah. ego is really an alter ego it's mm. that like behind when he puts a mask on he's like that confidence to be anyone but himself comes out mm. where yeah. it's like he can make jokes and he can be cool and but the moment the mask's off he's back to being a wreck <laughs> 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 and that's what makes him so interesting but then yeah like Batman's just kind of a damaged dude mm. so is it a case that those with the alter egos or two identities tend to have the grander scope the of most interesting characteristics like you know, if you look at Batman and um, various others or even go back to Zorro is yeah. there is there something in that that makes them the better heroes or the ones that we keep repeating? where you've got sort of two sides to to, yeah. to talk about like yeah I mean Superman works in that kind of Clark Kent is the yeah fake persona mm-hmm. but it's never explored well enough apart from I think the Christopher Reeve version because his performance is so good (laughs) as kind of, you know, Clark, awkward, goofy Clark (laughs) Kent to Superman. Um, But beyond that, he, I don't, I think Henry Cavill is like indistinguishable when he's (laughs) Superman or or, or Clark Kent, like, like he just Clark Kent, but I'm still, (laughs) yeah. Just makes me think of uh, mystery men. (laughs) 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 Checking the glasses against you. (laughs) I am him. Ah, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hulk's a really interesting one because it's very much a Jekyll and Hyde. It's a totally different person almost. Like, mm. um, so that, that's kind so of interesting. Me, Hulk makes it a bit more interesting because that's tapping into the concept of a, a characteristic of a person. and uh, We've all got that kind of... Yeah, yeah. and it, it actually gets manifested in this giant way. That <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, uh, literally giant, but... Um, that makes that a really interesting superhero. And I guess um, the fact that he's pretty much vulnerable otherwise yeah. as well. Mm. So it's um, 
it is this double identity thing, I think, that tends to be the stronger ones. One of the, uh, the weirdest part of Iron Man I found was when he said, yeah, I'm Iron Man. He just owned oh, it there, at the there very is end. no. Yeah, and so you go, okay. It's just, yeah, that's there's, just Doesn't Tony, Tony Stark anything. is That's Iron just Man. ego, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it didn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah. It's um, and nothing really happens. He's always him and he's always... So as a character, he, it's only his origins that sort of became the interesting bit. Then after that, I don't find Iron Man that interesting. There's mm. a, um, an interesting superhero film. I, I think it's a superhero film anyway that sort of has a look at um, these teenagers gaining superpowers and then how it impacts them in a negative way. Chronicle. Have you seen Chronicle? Chronicle. Yes. Yeah, From 2012. Yeah. Yep. It's it's an excellent yeah. film. It's actually one of my favourites. It's, it's, yeah, and I, I'm really I, yeah. sad that Josh Trank's never been able to deliver on <laughs> anything after that. Yeah, that's, that <laughs> is unfortunate. But um, it's one of my favourite superhero movies because you sort of see it go in the opposite direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. You see poor Dane DeHaan slowly turn into this... Um, a villain. A villain who misuses his powers yeah. but... You also understand what takes him there. Mm. It's it's well it's it's that almost um it's the exaggerated school shooter kind of metaphor. Very much like so. Like the, the trouble with the you know with the abusive dad and yeah, like like not being able to kind of either get help or mm. talk it out or deal with it appropriately. It becomes uh, violence is the only answer. That's right. He's sort of like if um, Peter Parker went off the rails. <laughs> <in a way. laughs> you know, because um, Peter, Peter Parker, Parker got the emo fringe and yeah, danced a, a bunch. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's interesting that we've all the examples that we've been able to pin down and be like, these are good, have mm. been Marvel characters. Have I? Uh, is Batman? DC. DC. Yeah. So, yeah, because I don't find, again, he's another one that's not really that interesting. Yeah. It's, Batman's, in fact, Batman's, all of Batman's villains, villains are more interesting. Like, the villains are amazing. <laughs> Batman has the, Batman and Spider-Man, probably Batman, best villains of any. Oh, absolutely. True. Like, from Scarecrow to Ra's yep. al Ghul to yep. Joker, mm. the Jokers. <laughs> yep. Might be the best comic book character ever. <laughs> like, he's, he's so like yeah. Superman's villains. You, you like besides Lex Luthor, who is really interesting. Yeah, mm. the rest are just kind of like big brutes because mm. they needed to mm. come up with something that could fight Superman. Yeah, right. Doomsday, Brainiac, like yeah, that's right. And they're the only three I could name off the top of my head besides yeah. Mister Mixes Picklet. Like, <laughs> 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 who's like a little space wizard and the, uh, who can do anything. So Superman has to trick him into saying his own name. He's, he's Rumpelstiltskin. Right. Oh, it's okay. really oh, right. weird, but... Huh. <laughs> like, that's where the, that's the level of Superman villains. Like, But Batman's are like... But that also shows the flaw of Superman yeah. as a hero. Yeah. It's, mm. it's, that's yeah, right. Like even, a lot of scope. Even like low-level Batman villains like Clayface, like this Boris Karloff-esque actor who tried to make his face like any, you know, any monster he could be and becomes this kind of horrible... <laughs> Creature, yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting. Mm. Through to Mister Freeze, who might be one of the best point book characters ever. Oh yeah, what a what a character. Yeah, it and has, then, and uh, then and then you know Arnie. <laughs> oh, let's not mention that. How mm. to ruin it? <laughs> it just uh, it just occurred to me though, um, Superman and Wonder Woman. It, it the strengths of those films and characters is the fact that it is the fact they care. Mm. Yes. about everyone else and the weakness to them is not being able to save people. Yeah. Mm. Right? It, sort of, it took me a little while to work out why Wonder Woman worked and it's that. It's, it's not being able to save people. and Despite and the power. Yeah, despite yeah. their power and 
that's explored really explicitly in Superman. So yeah, but mm. then he's just he's so powerful he can just undo it. Yeah, he just yeah. Well, flies around the world and turns time backwards. <laughs> that's to ensure that they can make two. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Margot Kid is under contract, <laughs> and she's still the best Lois. Absolutely true. <laughs> so um, yeah, it, it just sort of occurred to me that the weakness isn't in the characters, but more there care yeah. is their weakness so mm. um, which is interesting I guess in itself but yeah I, I couldn't work out at first why Wonder Woman worked and that's what it was yeah um, so which superheroes really don't work I mean I'd, I'd find Batman's like a good example even though he works because of his villains mm. <laughs> like I just found that the lamest line ever you know what's your superpower I'm rich, I'm rich. <laughs> Like, oh, really? It's true, though. But I would like, but like, yeah. But it's, it's, but he's very, he's the world's greatest detective. Is kind of the Batman thing. He's kind of this like weaponized Sherlock Holmes. He's just so much smarter than everybody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, they, I, th- I feel like it's something that they've even in the Nolan films, which are arguably probably the best Batman films. Mm. It's still, it tries to do it a little bit with like the detective work, but it still doesn't really do it it's like he finds a fingerprint and that's like the one thing it's like great yeah. job Batman <laughs> you know what I mean like other than that he's like look at my car mm. yeah I think he, he's this, it's this cool the detective stories of Batman the sort of smaller scale stories work really well for him mm. they do um, but ones that don't work at all like you were saying Captain Marvel was a bit of a problem mm. as an example mm. um, yeah but she's just not completely likable i think yeah i would say so um on a maybe it's just a personal taste thing i also um didn't really care for um the guardians of the galaxy too well, much I, I actually i like the film i'd like, I like to argue like, that that's yeah. not superheroes oh you would like it's, to argue it's star wars space yeah, fantasy true. yeah, I, yeah. I, I just don't i was thinking about that and i was going oh what superhero films and i was going through them all and i went mm. wait a minute that's that's not a superhero film no, it's sort of like um, a weird version of Firefly. Yeah, yeah like a yeah. gang of space buddies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. It's there, there's no like sort Firefly of. There's almost no powers with them either. They're just different aliens. Yeah, that's true. Actually. Yeah, like that's it. some are stronger than others. Mm. Some are raccoons. But you could say Superman is as well. But it's yeah. it's sort of yeah. But then doesn't you, you're getting the costume and stuff. And <laughs> yeah, mm. there's a not there's a secret identity. None of those guys have secret identities. <laughs> they're just <laughs> I'm <No>. brute. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So but I, I get where you're coming from, though. Like they kind of, mm. I, th- I think once because unlike where we're like that's Iron Man over there, Guardians of the Galaxy is like you've got to deal with like five people and five backstories and five origin oh, stories, I, and I you know mind, what I mean. Like, I don't mind the ensemble um, aspect to it. I just don't find that the focus on Peter Quill is all that interesting. Mm, yeah, <laughs> just an yeah. In, just an infantilized mm. man child. <laughs> 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 well, especially considering, you know, you've got a really unusual other ones there that mm. oh, like far Rocket more is so much more Rocket, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, absolutely. I think he's probably the most and interesting. And Gamora's story with kind of tying into the Thanos stuff is really yeah. interesting. Mm. And um Drax is Drax, Drax, Drax got a is good one. funny, but <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> but he's still got an interesting story. Yeah, like, it's still revenge, but um and then what the hell's Groot? <laughs> He's just happy I to be there. <laughs> Long for the ride. But like Doctor yeah, Strange. Yeah, Rocket, Rocket is. I like Doctor Strange the movie because it's really trippy and kind of, but mm. like he's just this kind of arrogant dick who gets hurt and suddenly it's like, I can't do that thing anymore. And like, it had I, a really, very, I get uh, really good at magic now. Similar Batman. 
after a fashion, yeah, he doesn't have an alter ego though. He's just no, Dr. I mean, Strange. Strange. no, yeah, I know that, but the the whole process that goes through is very similar to Batman Begins sort of yeah. idea. You know, he goes finds off yeah. goes off to find like <laughs> the the eastern answer yes. to my problems. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> after yeah. a traumatic event, yes, yeah. yeah, which is interesting. It's um, but, but he doesn't yeah. kind of have like that other than the sort of arrogance that gets challenged. Mm. There's not a lot to him. He just sort of, it's just like, ah, I've learned my lesson. Now I'm going to be better than I was before and do the right thing. And yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, so there is yeah. different qualities of superheroes, I'd say, and it, it is those ones that have that fallibility. Captain America's really, like he's one of my favourites as well. And I think they've done probably a better job with him in the films than the other characters. And it's yeah, sort so. of because... I think it's that clashing of his idealism versus yeah. cripplingly horrible reality. <laughs> yeah, I think that's also um, why um, Captain America: The Winter Soldier is one of the more successful films. It's yeah. genuinely it's really, really good. good. <laughs> it's a really good movie. Also, to me, it doesn't read so much superhero movie. Um, I yeah, it's, see it's it more a, as an espionage film. Yeah, it's like a seventies um, Manchurian Candidate. Completely. Um, uh, all the President's Men kind of spy thriller yes. and uh, yeah, with like you know. People at the highest levels of government are, mm. against, are, are, you know, secretly against us. And, and there's face swapping yeah. and Robert Redford. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, like Robert Redford, like the most obvious casting choice, like like deliberately so. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, and that's why I think that movie works really well. Mm, I thought um, uh, one that sort of surprised me that I really ended up enjoying was Ant-Man, the first one. I thought it was a lot yeah, it's of... It's like a heist film. It's it was a good heist film. I yeah. thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, look, I, 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 enjoyed, I enjoyed Ant-Man, I'll, I'll say that. But mm. Again, it's a, Ant-Man. as a superhero, it's a, one of those ones that well, this is an I just don't find as interesting. The interesting mm-hmm. thing about Ant-Man, though, is that, like, so Marvel have got Ant-Man as part of their roster and they've chosen Scott Lang. Yes, they didn't go with Hank, Hank Pym. Pym. Well, I think maybe... I know oh, why. Yeah, I, I know why, too. <laughs> but, 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 all right, so in the comic books, Hank right. Pym notorious horrible wife beater mm. right like many times in the comics just yes. beats the shit out of his wife like really horrible person mm. so they've really like yeah scotland's like the nice kind of funny guy yeah <laughs> he's the thief who comes good and they very much went out of their way to sort of humanize hank pym as well being like i feel this loss i grieved the loss of my wife you know mm. we were on a mission and it went horribly wrong it's oh, why i okay. keep my daughter at arm's length Whereas in the comics, <laughs> no, not, not there's nice an issue in the comics where he, it's in the, it's, um, I forget who, Mark Miller wrote it. It's like not quite the Marvel universe. It's like one of the offshoot, mm. not canon stories mm. where he murders her with bug spray. Like while she's little, oh. he like actually kills her. Yeesh. Like in like a, in a, like they have a fight and he just goes off the deep end, tries to hit mm. her. She shrinks. So he just gasses her. Yeah. <laughs> It's really messed up. He doesn't need to turn into the Hulk to do horrible things. <laughs> yeah, he's like a really shit person. Yeah. So they've really like, to completely avoid the stigma of that that character brings with it into the movies, they've just been like, Scott Lang, nice yeah. guy. Yeah. Not yeah. only just- Look, it's Paul Rudd. How yeah. likable is Paul Rudd? <laughs> exactly. I was about to say, it's not just bringing the character Scott Lang, it's casting Paul Rudd. Yeah. <laughs> the most likable man. The most likable <laughs> person. Paul, no one is offended by Paul Rudd. <laughs> Who could be? Look at him. So it's, yeah, like like- there is dark stuff there they could have gone with and how weird and interesting would that movie have been, but mm. probably not 
the profitable PG Marvel machine. Yeah, that's, that's oh, they it. would never touch it. Yeah, and they and I mean now that they've got they've still got Hank Pym in there, but he's yeah, it's much more of like a he takes the mentor role. Yeah, yeah, rather than have him as the yeah yeah okay. So there's cool, interesting, weird, dark stuff in Marvel as well, but I guess you've got to separate it a bit because it's Marvel as the cinematic industry yes. rather than the comic. Yeah. So. Yeah, and more to it than that, it's also a Disney product now. Yeah. Well, it is now. Yes. Mm. <laughs> so that changes things completely. Um, I've I, not. I think it hasn't. It hasn't. Um, the whole Disney thing. I think Disney absorbing a lot of these things is changing Disney as well. Yeah, I suppose yeah, it would, it, yeah. It's sort of... Uh, Pixar's are probably the biggest example of how Disney has shifted what it's tried mm. to do mm. previously and where Pixar takes a lot of risks. Yeah, they do. Probably more than any other... Uh, anima- animation studio. Yeah, as, an, as, a, yeah, as a studio. Hell of a lot of risks. And they have a, also a compelling superhero, um, or superheroes rather, in The Incredibles. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, um, superhero. I think it's a it's a great film. Both of them are wonderful superhero movies. Yeah. You know, you get emotionally attached to all of them. They're a unit. Um, you sort of see... They've got problems. They, yeah. They yeah. do have normal... They're dysfunctional. <laughs> yeah, they're a dysfunctional family that also happens to fight crime. Yes. Well, they've got the superpowers as well, so it's sort of they've got that mm. element to it, yeah. but it's... Um, and they also live in a world where um, superheroes are not strictly permitted. Yes, um, yeah. mm. to be. Although they were, it's like the post Golden Age. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that's exactly right. This sort yeah. of like, and it's sort of set in this weird kind of bled version of the fifties as well. Yes, <laughs> like it's it's you get like there's it's no distinguishable time period. Yeah, like yeah. Mm. kind of retro futurism. Yeah, yep. yeah. What would the fifties look like if viewed from the like the future through the eyes of the fifties? Yes, yeah. yes, it's that's really right. kooky and. Uh, but no, again, they Pixar. take the risks. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah, they really do. And <laughs> I guess another one that's also really interesting is um, Megamind. If you've seen it with Will yeah. Ferrell, yeah. Um, I haven't seen. Megamind. Oh, it, it's not so there. Much not there with the little fella yet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sure, it's, I will. It's <laughs> such a fun movie. Yeah, he's like the villain though, right? And because isn't uh, well, yeah, yeah, he yeah. starts out the way. <laughs> Despicable Me kind of has that too, right? Like Su- Gru is like a super villain, right? Mm. Yeah, well, he is. He's a super villain. There are, there's, no going superhero. there's no hero, though. Yeah. 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 Megamind is an interesting one because sort of, um, as you mentioned earlier, um, a what if if Superman had landed in the Soviet Union, Megamind was on his way to a nice, lovely family, <laughs> but then Brad Pitt's superhero character overtakes that, is with the family. Megamind grows up in a prison. <laughs> 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 and he's taught this different set of morals. And okay. He, so his aim is to become the best supervillain that that ever supervillained. Mm. And when he finally defeats the good guy, that's a spoiler alert, sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I don't need to watch it. <laughs> but um, then it's sort of dealing with the aftermath and how he tries to manage that and he ends up becoming the good guy at okay. the very end because yeah. there's a greater threat that he himself creates Yeah, right. as a nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, I thought it was a really interesting concept that sort of flips it on its head and you also have the plucky reporter as well yep, as right. the love interest. Yeah, yeah of course. Mm. The best kind of love interest. Oh, <laughs> Always the getting themselves in the, into trouble. And it's voiced by <laughs> Tina Fey as well. Oh, so cool. It's okay. a win-win. Yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's a good one. Mm. Um, we're talking about sort of comic book stuff. What about things like Sin City? Where does that fit in? It? <laughs> well, uh, are are any of them heroes, though? I think it's... Yeah, There's no. no heroic characters, I think, in Sin City. I mm. think that was the the point. Well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's sort of the Frank Miller. Mm. Even Frank Miller's 
Batman's a bit grim. Mm. Um, like the, the 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 Superman fighting Batman is from Frank Miller. Like he, yeah, he right. kind of has yeah. this. Um, his Daredevil is the same sort of thing. Like much more icky. Um, yeah, it's just a, a, I could see. It's definitely Sin a, City. It had that. But like, would you can like three hundred? Is that then? If we're going comic books, like it's a comic book. Well, it's yeah. taking drawing from that kind of the Thermopylae the yes. story, but like it's 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 a comic book version of yeah. <laughs> the story I to don't like know about that one, but, um, mutants and things running around. Yeah, yeah. The Spartans are certainly super super powered. It seems in the in the in the movie. Oh well, <laughs> like just come on, they don't even need a phalanx. They're just like yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> nothing screams Spartan than Gerard Butler <laughs> than a big Scottish man. <laughs> Deflecting arrows with the power of his abs. Like, it's just bizarre, right? But it mm. sort of has that kind of larger than life it does. thing to yeah. it as well. Mm. Um, Sin City has characters, I think, that try to make good choices, but are seemingly, yeah. due to the world they're in, incapable. It's a no, it's noir. It's, it's, mm. well, it's, it's a weird hybrid, I find. Yeah. It's, it's using some of those comic book superhero tropes in it. But mm. uh, yeah, like Mickey Rourke's character is this big, massive, kind yeah. of unstoppable brute. Yeah. Yes. Hulkish and then but but you know, yeah, he's flawed in the kind of noir tradition of mm. people who have monologues running in their head the whole time <laughs> <laughs> and, and smoke outside in the in the in the snow. Mm. Like it's it's um yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting one because in, in Sin City also has like almost supervillains in like the yellow, the character of thinking. like the yellow bastard is yeah. like yeah yes. <laughs> weird that's what I mean it yeah sort of one of those weird ones that it, yeah, but I don't know whether any of them are superheroes that's oh they're certainly not no. heroes <laughs> <laughs> I think Dwight might be the only character who kind of walks the line of being which one's that one good is that Bruce Willis nah that's um uh, Clive Owen's character in oh, the yeah. first yes. film yep. uh, and then. Josh Brolin plays him in the sequel. There's a sequel? Yes. You haven't seen Sim yeah. Sin City a dame to kill for? No, the first one was rather enough for me. <laughs> I didn't didn't it's 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 a full on affair. It's not my cup of tea personally. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, um I liked the subplot with um Benicio del Toro. The, the, oh. the bit that's directed <laughs> by Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh, this smells like smacks of Quentin Tarantino. Oh, he did this bit great. Yeah, mm. I'm, I'm all comfortable I took now. A I took a date to Sin City. <laughs> <laughs> she walked out. <laughs> um, but yeah, interesting. Never meant to be. Then so. no, no. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah, there is a sequel, and it's mm. not very good. Oh. It's really bad, actually. Oh, okay, well, fair enough. Well, um, that's our general idea yeah. of superheroes. And There's a lot there. And let us know what you think, what makes a superhero for you. Yeah. Absolutely. What makes a good superhero as well because – and I don't mean good as in okay. a nice guy <laughs> or a nice yeah. girl. Hey, I'm, I'm a good guy. Hey. <laughs> I mean, what actually makes it a – Compelling. What a makes it interesting? Yeah, yeah. Interesting superhero. Cool. And shockingly, this is to be continued – it is a two-parter, guys. We have another spectacular. I can't think of any more wonderful adjectives. Um, <laughs> I'm not Stanley, all right. Um, going forward, we have another part coming up where we are going to lay out our top five and 
worst five. <laughs> blurst five. Blurst. <laughs> blurst. <laughs> Superhero films for you guys. So stay tuned next week. Same bat time, same bat channel for pop culture superheroes part two, the epic conclusion. I've been Scott. I'm still Jason. And I'm still Monica. Pop Culture is produced by and recorded by Jason Eddy, Monica Porto and Scott Souter. The clip for this week's show was the teaser trailer for Superman Returns and the song at the end was the main theme from Superman by John Williams. If you'd like to leave us a review, please guys, I invite you to leave us one on Apple Podcasts. Helps us expand the show and reach new listeners. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, we're available at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash popculturepod or on Twitter at popcultureau.